Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Over the last 18 months or so since I've been doing the podcast, I've loved being able to share with you things that have helped the clients that I've worked with along the way. And I've seen tremendous growth, not only individually, but in the relationship as well. And so over the uh, accumulation of all these episodes, there's different tools and strategies to help with the relationship side of things for the couples. And I also make sure that I like to include stuff for the individuals as well. And I've touched briefly on this in the podcast that I've got a 12-week program for the couples that I work with. And I recently opened up a a process for the men who are wanting to work through and overcome the addiction. And I've got a 12-week track for that as well. And so today's episode, I wanted to share with you one of the videos that goes with the curriculum to help people identify specifically what the root cause of their addiction is. A part of the program that I like to focus on is helping people map that out and get the help that they need, not only to identify it, but then on the coaching calls for them to get the help that they need to resolve it. And when people can identify and resolve their root cause triggers, this is where the whole thing changes for them. Because while, yes, it's helpful to have coping strategies and methods of dealing with temptations and things when they come up, if you can rewire the desire, so there's no part that gets triggered into thinking like, you know, I hear people talk about the uh, this idea of like there's a part of them that knows what their goals are. They know that they don't want to be engaging in this. They know that this isn't productive. They know that this is not the person that they want to be. But when the trigger hits, when the root cause gets activated, there's another part that shows up that starts to entertain the temptation and justify it or minimize it and think, well, maybe it's not that bad or I'll look at certain pictures and then that goes down this rabbit hole, which ultimately leads to a complete setback. Uh, they fall back into the old patterns and then they come out of that triggered trance kind of a state and they beat themselves up and think, what am I doing? Like, how could I have done this? I told myself I wouldn't do this anymore. The reason why, and then and then they do well for a little bit and then they fall right back into the same old pattern because of the trigger. And so it's so critical for people to understand what are the underlying things that activate the addictive patterns because once you identify what those are and resolve them, then you don't have this push-pull battle anymore. Then there's complete congruence and alignment with your you know, the goals that you've set. Consciously, you know what you want to be doing, but subconsciously, these underlying patterns and programming, when the trigger gets activated, that stuff starts to run, which brings them back to the old patterns. So I wanted to share with you today in this episode uh, one of the videos from the curriculum just to share this with you guys to be more, even more clear and helpful in identifying what the root cause is. And so uh, we'll go ahead and hit play on that. And I hope this helps for you guys to identify this. I would encourage you to take action on this. Of course, I, the more you take the time to think about and reflect on the underlying things that lead you to fall back into these old patterns, the better off you're going to be. And so I share with you in this video or in the, uh, in the podcast specific frameworks and a filter through which you can identify what this is so you can start to apply this to your life. All right, start the recording right now for you. In this video, I want to talk to you about how you can identify the root cause of this issue, whether it's an addiction or a pattern or habit, whatever word you want to use. I want to help you identify exactly what's driving it so that you know then how to address it. Because it's not magic that addictions go away. It's not It's not magic that you're able to break these habits and patterns. There's very specific things that are happening. And if you just don't know what they are, the patterns continue to repeat themselves. So today I want to share with you how you can identify for you specifically what these triggers are 
which then sets you up to know exactly how you can start to resolve things. So I want to share with you the screen here that I've written down just as an overview to make sure everybody's on the same page. It's very critical to recognize that when somebody struggles with an addiction or some unhealthy pattern, it's typically a coping mechanism. And underneath this iceberg, well, let me explain this iceberg idea to you. On the tip of the iceberg is the surface level response that you see. It's the addictive behavior. That's the problematic thing that most people say, this is, and rightfully so, we've got to eliminate this from my life. The difficulty is that without knowing what's underneath the surface and what's driving it, it makes it near impossible to just white knuckle and try to push through temptation when it comes up. The far easier or more sustainable way is to recognize why the temptation is there and really what is driving that underneath the surface. So as you see here in the diagram, it's some sometimes people take this iceberg and they try to say, I just don't want to act out anymore. And they'll drag it underneath the surface. So it goes away and they're just holding their breath and pushing through these difficult moments. But then eventually, again, after a matter of days, weeks, or sometimes months, it pops right back up. They feel horrible about it. Then it leads to the lying and the hiding and minimizing and, and justifying and all of what happens when we're in that cycle. And then they recommit and say, I got to get this out of my life. They grab the iceberg and pull it back down under the surface. Or in other words, they try to push away this negative behavior without ever addressing what's under it. And so it's critical to recognize the drivers most of the time for most people are these underlying negative emotions and beliefs, kind of like what we talked about in the previous video or in a prior video, the overview, where loneliness, I'll just go through these with you, inadequacy, fear, failure, self-doubt, anxiety, depression, worthlessness. These things are the heavy emotions that are under the surface that when you start to address them, essentially what this looks like is you take this iceberg and instead of it being this big thing, once you start to address these negative beliefs about yourself, this thing starts to shift and there's a difference. You take a huge chunk out of that and then you start to address these negative emotions that you might feel and start to handle those in a different way. That iceberg shrinks even more. Then you start to just operate in a different way and process things differently. You have new coping skills, new habits, new behaviors, new mindset. This iceberg shrinks to the point where it's just this little thing that's under the surface and it doesn't manifest itself anymore in addictive behaviors. And I call this here, like this centerpiece, this is just life. Life is not an easy thing. There's challenges, there's unforeseen difficulties, there's disconnection in our relationship, there's financial issues, there's parenting struggles. Like that's just the nature of life is that it's tough sometimes. However, as difficult as life can be in moments, when we approach life from a different energy, with a different belief about ourselves, with different levels of confidence and optimism and strength and believing in ourselves, having capacity to deal with things, having the tools to navigate life, we feel so much more confident and equipped to handle whatever life does throw at us. So it never does again manifest into these addictive behaviors because it's been resolved, the reason why you've turned to it, so that now you can address life and overwhelm and stress and all of what comes with it just from a different, as a different person. And so in order to identify the root cause, now that you have an overview of like this iceberg idea, there's usually stuff that's underneath it that drives the temptation, drives this compulsive behavior. So a couple of questions to consider as you're identifying this for yourself. Number one is, is it a coping mechanism? 
And for most people that I work with, the answer is yes, on some level, which then if that's true, the next question to consider is what are you trying to escape? What are you coping from? What is it exactly? And this is where you can start to get clear about for you, what specific scenarios do you notice yourself being triggered in? I've written down just a few. Again, there are a ton of ones that we will not cover in this particular video, but they're all this. It's the same theme. And so I want to walk you through again, we're touching on five triggers. You might say, well, I, I'm triggered in other areas. That's fine. The process that I'm going to show you in this video is how you can apply a framework to any trigger specifically for you. So one thing that I'll just kind of walk you through is each of these scenarios to help you identify and fill, you, you take a scenario here. Let's stay, start with this first one here. You, you fight or you get disconnected in your marriage. The thing that I would encourage you to do, the filter, the framework that you that you walk through this event with are these questions right here. And so you filter this event through these questions to help you distill what is the core driver uh, what is the core driver for this trigger in this particular scenario? Because again, like we've talked about, there's nothing inherent in any of these scenarios that cause issues. It's how we experience and perceive these events, the thoughts that we have about ourselves, our emotions. These things influence the trigger, not the event itself. And so this is how you're gonna. This is how you can walk yourself through this by asking yourself. To identify the belief, going through that framework again, belief, emotion, action. To identify the belief, you can ask yourself, what meaning am I making out of this event? Or how am I seeing myself? How do I see myself as a result of this experience? So what that might look like is if I get into a fight with my wife, the meaning that I make is I'm a bad husband. My wife is going to leave me because I keep messing up. The belief that I, the, the belief that this reflects in myself or how I see myself is unworthy. Again, I kind of touched on that in the first part of it. Bad husband, not good enough. I'm a failure. How are you seeing yourself in those moments will reveal the belief. Once you've identified that, then you can explore to see if there's another piece to this. How are you feeling? Well, I feel, I feel discouraged. I feel uh, hopelessness. I feel this sense of heaviness in my body. There's a tension in my chest. I feel lonely. I feel like I feel this sense of disconnection between her and I. And then once you've identified those things, that then often reveals the need. So what do you really need in this moment? Well, if your belief about yourself is I'm a failure or I'm unworthy, and I have this sense of fear that my wife is going to leave, that then the reverse of that is typically the need. Well, the need is to see yourself as worthy, is to change the belief about yourself. It's to get reassurance. If you're afraid, the need is reassurance and comfort that, hey, you and your wife are going to work through this, that she still is with you, that she still cares about you, that she doesn't want to leave at the drop of a hat, despite how heavy all of this has been on, on her. The need again is reassurance that she's willing to keep working with you. And once we get clear on those being the needs, then how we get that need met becomes even clearer. Well, if I need reassurance, I just need to have a conversation with my wife. If I need to be reminded that she still cares about me, that I don't need to be perfect, I just need to go and have that direct conversation with her and tell her, hey, I'm just like, when we get into these fights, I get scared that I fail. 
I get scared that I let you down and that's really painful and overwhelming for me. And it makes me afraid that I'm going to lose you. So the need is, I just need to know that you're still with me, that I don't have to be perfect, that even though I do make mistakes, that you're still willing to come along this journey and work through these problem areas, these rough patches with me so we can do this together. Or again, whatever that is for you, but that might be a good scenario. That's a scenario where you can apply that idea, distilling the belief. How then do you feel in those moments? And then that again reveals the need. So I'll walk through with you a couple of these other scenarios just to make sure that it feels clear so you can start to apply it to your triggers. So let's let's say stress. So that's such an over, uh, that's such a general word. And whenever t- somebody, as I work with them uh, in this process or one-on-one in these coaching calls, I always say, okay, stress, that's so generic and vague. We need to be more specific. So what do you mean by stress? Well, specifically at work, I feel stress. Okay. When do you feel that stress? Well, if I miss a deadline or if I'm pressing up against the deadline at work, I get really stressed. So now we have a little more clarity. So you take, so you ask these questions to identify what specifically is driving the stress. Well, if I'm pressing up against the deadline, then what happens is my body starts to get tense And then the event, the meaning that I make out of this event is I'm always behind schedule. There's something wrong with me because I keep procrastinating or how I see myself is there's no way I'm going to do a good job on this because I never do. Or again, not even sometimes people have this idea of like always and never. And instead of it's, you know, I, I often fail at work. I'm afraid that as I present this thing to my team, that it's not going to be good enough. I'm afraid that I don't have any good ideas. I'm afraid that I don't, I'm not very capable at my job. So I just don't see myself as very competent. So that's how you're starting to distill these beliefs out of that stressful event. And then in that moment, how does that feel? If you don't see yourself as competent, if you see yourself as a failure or not good enough, what emotion does that bring out in you? It might be fear. It might be overwhelm. It might be inadequacy. And any number of things can come as a result of how you see what's happening at work. Because again, pressing up against a work deadline, there's no meaning inherently on that. It's the meaning that we give it, which again is often reflected in how we see ourselves. So after you've identified the belief and the feeling, then you can start to recognize, okay, what's the need here? Well, again, if the belief is I'm unworthy or I'm incompetent, we're going to want to challenge that belief. We're going to want to start to change that, build self-confidence, build the belief in ourselves that we're capable, see ourselves as having a capacity, learn new skills so we increase our capacity. There's any number of things that can uh, help us meet that need. And then if the feeling is I'm scared and I'm overwhelmed, maybe I need to take a couple of breaths to cool my body down because there's there's a direct link between our emotions and our physical state, our physiology. So if I take the lead by changing my physiology, my emotions often follow. So if I'm breathing, if I'm cooling down, if I'm taking some, there's uh, some other videos that we're going to talk about in the curriculum here. They go into depth about how you can navigate these difficult emotions. But this is the general idea is that when there's a need, you're overwhelmed, we got to cool that, we cool the body down, bring that, bring our uh, energy level down or anxiety down. And then how you get that need met, we're going to talk a lot more about how specifically to address these needs, but this is the idea. Same thing with loneliness. Same idea. If there's loneliness because you get into a fight with your wife or you text your friend and they don't text you back, 
or you don't get an invite and you find out that all these other people went to this party or engagement and you didn't get an invitation. Those events, you run the same filter. What's the belief here? How am I taking this? What meaning am I making out of this? What's the feeling connected to that? Then it reveals the need. We might need acceptance. We might need companionship. We might need reassurance. We do matter. And then you can get those needs met based on what they are. I wrote this one down specifically, the gym, going to the gym and scanning. I've worked with a number of people who will go to an event or a gym or a supermarket or wherever they are, and they notice themselves scanning and trying to get attention from other women. Now, there's no judgment on this. That's not right or wrong or good or bad. It does reveal something that's under the surface, and that's all we want to do is figure out what's the purpose of that. And as I've worked with a number of different people who do this, it becomes clearer as we talk about what's driving this, that the need that they're trying to fill is to get approval or acceptance or attention from somebody which signals to them that they're enough or that they're acceptable or that they're desirable or they do have value. So noticing when you're in that pattern, what is it for you? If you're trying to get attention from somebody else that's coming from some place, And identifying what that is will then help you address it directly so that then you can go to the gym and you don't have to scan anymore. You don't need approval from anyone else because you've broken those old links between if I get this girl's attention and she looks at me in a certain way and I can tell she thinks I'm attractive, then I feel validated. If you break those links by recognizing worth doesn't come from somebody else, and if really that's what you're seeking is validation, that's okay to want to feel validated. It just comes from a different place. Validation, or in other words, self-worth, self-confidence, feeling enough, that comes when we have a a healthy self-esteem and how we see ourselves in a positive way, which again, we're in a whole section on that. And so that's one of the areas that I, I think, again, in any scenario, you're running these events through this filter to try to uncover what else is driving this. And lastly, the one that I wanted to cover is visual. So sometimes there are visual triggers. And sometimes those don't really mean anything. Sometimes we just are out and we see somebody who's attractive and that activates a thought in our mind through association. Oh, attractive woman. So my mind starts to fantasize and think about the past or replay some videos that I've seen or entertain these thoughts and objectify her. That may be coming from a place of wanting to escape. This is why you run that filter of these three or four questions. It may just be a physiological response to seeing somebody attractive. Then your body responds to that. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, it just then reveals the steps that you take. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to do this big deep dive if there's nothing there. It might just mean, again, as we talk about this ladder, beliefs, emotions, habits, It might just be you address it on the habit level. You train yourself, okay, I don't linger on that. I can acknowledge somebody's attractive, but I don't allow my thoughts to linger on her and and fantasize and objectify. Instead, I, I have a new way of looking at people. I see them as other people who are important, or I just recognize that human beings have value. Sometimes in a spiritual context, people will say, okay, that person's a child of God and I can respect them for who they are. It can remind me that we're all children of God. However you, chi- however you choose to respond to that is perfectly fine. I wanted to include this visual trigger because sometimes people say, well, I just get triggered and there's this, you know, if I see an attractive woman, then I just, I, I fall back into these old patterns. Sometimes that's true in that 
It's just a visual cue that reminds you of old material or old patterns of fantasy and objectification, which then again, you address it on the habit level. And sometimes it reveals a deeper level. If you get stuck in this loop of fantasizing and objectifying, sometimes it's because there's this underlying pain, the iceberg is there that you're just trying to escape from. So I hope as you discuss, as you kind of are going over this exercise here, that you can start to filter through and identify for you, what are these triggers? Because then once you're clear about exactly what they are, it reveals the next steps so you can resolve them instead of getting caught in the same loops over and over again and trying to use willpower to avoid temptations and triggers. Instead, you're actually resolving them so you can experience then any one of these events. You can get into a fight with your wife, but it doesn't trigger acting out anymore because it means something different. You have a different level of confidence in those moments. You can still feel sad. You're going to still be feel disconnected. You can still feel pain, but it doesn't link to the addiction anymore because you resolve the core of what used to drive you to that. Same thing with stress, work stress, financial stress processing that differently so you don't see yourself in a negative way allows you to then deal with it in a positive way. Because if you say, I'm competent, I'm capable, I'll figure this out, then it doesn't become some taxing, overwhelming thing. And loneliness, again, loneliness, other just painful emotions that we go through, we can deal with them differently once we resolve and identify what those triggers are, which helps you to then navigate and move forward. So just to summarize all of this, sometimes the root cause, a lot of times in the very beginning for a lot of people, the root cause is on a belief level. It's like self-esteem, not being worthy, something being flawed, not being enough, failure. A lot of times for people, that's that's a big source of that. For other times, it's not. It's more on the emotion. I think about those, like I referenced that ladder earlier, the three rungs, the belief levels, like the basement floor. It's the it's the bottom level, the deepest level, that it, this is where that filter can be really helpful to identify what's the meaning. Am I making a meaning? Like what's the belief that's here? Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's just a negative or a painful emotion you're trying to get away from whether it is loneliness or fear or sadness or disconnection in the marriage. Sometimes the root cause of a particular trigger is on that level. And sometimes it's just based on a habit level, just behavior change needs to happen. And I think if you can identify what that is, on which level this occurs, then you're going to be actually successful in sustaining your progress. Because if you try to apply a habit-based response to a belief level issue, it's just not sustainable, right? If you just, if your feelings of unworthiness are driving a particular trigger and you're trying to use exercise to cope with that, it's just, it's not on the right level. Therefore, it's not sustainable. And same thing, if you're using a, you know, a different strategy that's on a different level, that's where people get mixed up because they're, they're working, they're trying, they're putting in their effort and their energy But if it's just not on the level on which the trigger occurs or the problem occurs, that's why people continue to just loop in these cycles despite their work, despite the effort and energy that they're putting in. So figuring out on what level each of these triggers or root cause issues occur is critical so you can then take the steps necessary to resolve it, you know, in relation to whatever level it's on. So I would encourage you then, uh, especially as you're going through this process here, to really get clear about what these triggers and underlying causes are for you, because that's the meat of the process and of the program is to work through those things you truly can find 
that freedom and move forward. And in the coaching calls, that's where we're going to customize all this to your specific situation to help you identify. If you need help with this, this is what the calls are for. I can help you identify them and not only just know what they are, but take the next step to actually resolving them.